Welcome to the Art of the Dive. Today on the pod, we are covering premium priced players. We're doing things a little bit different than we've done in the last few weeks. We'll actually be releasing three pods this week uh, premiums, mid priced, and budget players, and we'll be doing each position for the pods. Uh, so let's get it started. Today, good news I finally got a new co host. Just kidding, I don't. But we are still searching for one, so send in your applications. I'm with Jake here. Jake, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, a little hurt that you're still looking for a new co-host, but you know that's that's the showbiz, right? It's so. there's no biz like showbiz, as yeah. they say. Yeah, and I just want to shout to the pod that I am in backwoods Wisconsin doing this, so there's a lot of there's a lot of love for the pod from me. So sure. So every single pod I record is in Backwoods, Wisconsin. That's true. Fair, fair. But um, yeah, you are actually on vacation right now, which is uh, good of you. And we got you up with the difference in LA time. uh, It's like 530 right now in the morning. Yes. Well, good. It's good for you. Get you up nice and early, early to bed, early to rise. Gives Jake a boner. All the of best the times FPL team. So. No, that's not okay. All right. Well, anyways, um, a couple of business things before we get started, Jacob. Uh, first off, fantasy football pundits, uh, pretty serious and uh, reputable group, uh, have reached out to us recently and asked if we would be interested in sharing our podcast on their website. Uh, of course, we said yes. Uh, it was pretty exciting for us to have an opportunity. Um, to share some of our content with someone who knows a lot more about uh, the game than we do. Uh, so anyways, shout out to them. Thank you. They didn't want us to give them a shout out, but I was just like, we have to because they're kind of cool and, and we're really nice about it. And they'll be continuing to feature our podcast uh, as long as we continue to send it over. Um, second little thing, we recently got an email from a gentleman named J.G. Hodge. Uh, and he sent an email over just commenting on our last podcast. And I just want to, um, I want to shoot a couple of those things over to you and see what you think, Jay. Uh, so, so Jay, uh, listen to our 10 rules for FPL success pod. We currently actually have an article up about those 10 rules. We kind of like simplify them, put them up on our web website, uh, the art of the dive.wordpress.com. Um, and he just gave us a couple kind of interesting thoughts. So the first thing that he brought up was that last week we talked about the free hit chip being used in double game weeks, but he actually said that another really interesting time to use it is during what he called thin game weeks. So they were the game weeks that only a few teams were playing and we kind of neglected to mention that. Hmm. That is a fair point. Um, I think, did you, did you use that strategy or did you play with that strategy last year? Yeah, that's actually the way I played my free hit last year. And so we were just a bit neglectful in mentioning that. So what yeah. Jay was mentioning was he was saying uh, the free hit can also be used in game weeks where there's actually less teams playing instead of more teams playing. And I think that he's probably right. That's probably the better time to be using the free hit chip. Yeah, we just forget, you know. One season gone, everything in in one ear, out the other. So that's yeah, it's not the only thing that's going in, yeah. <laughs> what what? Okay, second thing. Uh, he had this kind of an interesting idea that I wanted to talk about a little bit. Well, first, let's just mention this. He did say strive for fifteen regular starters. That could almost be a rule. Uh, and we talked a little bit about that just for rotation. But I thought that you know you could call the rule that strive for fifteen. Um, but finally, this is something that was, I thought, kind of intriguing. And I've seen a lot of managers talking about this, and it's about uh, price points and money distribution. So let me just uh, read what he wrote. Uh, he said, I haven't quite convinced myself of this yet, but I have this idea, especially in the midfield, that covering a wide range of price points will make early season adjustments easier. My rough draft team has midfielders of 5, 6.5, 7.5, 9.5, and 13 on the theory that at any given price point, I'll have some options. I'm totally smart with Will Shire, you'll see. The 13 question mark, I'm not saying. So um, I guess what he's saying is like, rather than just picking out the best players, you should also be considering spreading out that that money, having a distribution of funds, so that you have the flexibility to move within 
to other players within specific price brackets. What do you think of that? Yeah, uh, I completely am living by that rule this year. Um, I think that's one of the problems I ran into last year at the beginning of the season or after my wild card. I also currently have a 13, 9, 9, and then two 7.5s and a 5, um, which will it'll change. But I think that's just a really good rule because... You know, there's going to be players in those bracket that exceed expectations. And if you have a player that's not near that price range, it just makes it all the more difficult to either pay up to get that player or you're going to have extra funds in your bank and then you're going to have to wait a week to use those or, you know, I mean, that's still a better situation, but yeah, so... Yeah, I think it's a it's a pretty interesting idea, especially early in the season if you're not planning to wildcard early. Um, and we're going to talk about that on the next pod a little bit. We thought what we'd do is start each of these pods with kind of a little bit of strategy going into the beginning of the season and then get into the, the different specific players. So this is kind of our strategy session. But I, I think that this idea of uh, spreading some funds out and maybe thinking a little bit about your ability to slide within price ranges is really important. And not just at the midfield position, uh, but at the defense and, and striker positions as well. That's one thing I'm hooked on right now. I'm trying to figure out if I should have an 11 striker in my team. I don't really want one, and it doesn't quite fit in my team. But my concern is that later in the game, if I want to move to that 11 million striker, and let's say instead I start with a 9 as my highest, or some people are even starting with 7s, I won't have the flexibility to do that without a wild card or basically a hit. Yeah, I I completely agree. I'm really struggling with the same question. We've talked about it off of the pod as well. I feel like we need someone who's really good at numbers to crunch an evaluation as best as possible with regards to that. That's that's all I want right now. That's I just need someone to figure that out for me. Yeah, I, th- I think we might maybe we'll throw that over to our buddy Nick, who's done some articles for us, a few kind of stat heavy articles for us. Uh, I know he had. He had reached out to me recently talking about writing another one. So maybe that could be a good topic for him. Uh, I hope you heard that, Nick. Start writing the article. Uh, Okay, let's get into premium players. You ready? Yeah, good segue. So Yeah, Uh, so we've got a couple questions kind of to get us started with it, and then we're going to go through some players. Um, So I think the first question, we've talked about it a little bit already on the pod, is how many premium players is a reasonable amount? So when we say premium, we're talking about basically the top players in the FPL game in terms of cost. Uh, So we're defining it as goalkeepers at 5.5 or above, defenders at 6 or above, midfielders, this is a little questionable, but we're going to go with 8.5 or above, and then forwards at 9+. plus. So Jake, how many premiums do you think that you should reasonably have in your team? Yeah, with those price brackets, it's a little bit trickier. Um, I feel like you're striving for maybe two two in the defensive line, two in the midfield line, and then one in the forward line. Um, obviously, again, just we just touched on it, but if you do have an 11 mil forward, it's going to be more difficult to have those numbers, but... Um, I think, you know, defense is where the money is, you know, at, and it's it's the safest place to bank your money, so you should be looking for around two, and then midfield is where you're going to be getting a lot of points. Um, forward, again, is the trickier question of the three. So Yeah, and we've, we've talked about that in previous pods already, um, and I agree. I kind of think that 2-2-1 two, two, or 2-3-1, two, depending on how you're actual budget works out is a pretty reasonable amount i know that based on our parameters right now we have at nine plus that leaves a lot of room for forwards or eight and a half plus there's a lot of room for mids uh so some people might have seven or six of those players some people might have five total depending on how high you actually go yeah depending Uh, on if you have sala so yeah you're right i mean that's you know a 13 million sala is a lot different than an eight and a half silva Mm mm-hmm uh well i guess that like brings us to the next kind of important question then what do premium players need to do in terms of points in order to validate their price tag now we've talked a little bit about this idea of points per million last night i started 
um, just because I couldn't find the points per 90 uh, per million. Uh, so basically taking an into account minutes into that, that value and points calculation. I was crunching Arnie versus Firmino last night. They actually have the same as of uh, last year's points, even though Firmino scored a few more. Arnie played a few less minutes, so something to think about. Uh, but what do those premium players need to do in order to validate their price tag for you? Um, there's a few checkpoints I feel like I look for. One is that they do actually score the points. Like points per 90 minutes played is important, but if you have a guy that's always consistently getting injured or is going to be rotated a lot, you know, you still have to expect that for the following season. Um, the other so thing, go ahead. Are you saying, are you saying then that consistency is important for you? Yeah. I mean, if you're paying 11 mil for someone, but they're only playing in 24 games, yeah, you may play them in those games only, but that still means that you're playing other forwards yeah. at the same time or other midfielders and they have to hit on those days. It makes it harder. I mean, like someone like Avardi last year would have been really good to have. He was the second highest scoring forward. He wasn't that expensive um, and he was pretty consistent throughout the whole year. So someone like that isn't a bad own. And I do think that's something that we sometimes overlook. We you know, especially beginning players look at the big name players. We'll talk about this guy more, but like Lukaku was in a lot of teams. He was two mil more and ended up not scoring as many points. Granted, he does give you the consistency route, but that's the other thing too. You do want, you know, goals and assists from these guys. So yeah, I do agree. It's just not, not only are you looking for players that score lots of points, but you also want players that are going to get consistent minutes on your team. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think when you're up in that premium bracket, you, you must accept that, right? That has to be your, your standard for whether players can stay on your side or not. And this year it's going to be tricky with all the World Cup stuff going on. Uh, and a lot of the big sides have become so deep that there's going to be heavy rotation. It's going to be challenging to pick those correct players. Yeah, very much so. I think, and then aside from the the consistency, um, you know, you do want to look, don't forget, for guys that play on big name teams. Those are the ones that are going to typically score most of your points, right? right? So in the midfield, it was like, what, four out of the top six or whatever were from Man City. Um, you know, forwards, it's Kane, Firmino, Aguero, Lukaku, you know, so things like that. Just don't forget, those are the guys that are going to tend to get you the most points. So, yeah, it's just so tricky this year, right? Yeah. We want those top six players. What rule did we call that last week? Um, the the battered rule. Yeah, so. the battered rule, right? So you want those top six teams, and yet most of those top six teams are riddled with World Cup players and heavy sides that are are able to rotate. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky in the beginning, definitely. So, yeah. uh, there's currently a train going by outside. Mm. Can you hear it? No. Okay. Well, you might hear it on the pod. I'm sorry. This is not ideal. Moving on, uh, Jake. Uh, I guess that that kind of brings me into just a question more for you. Uh, who are your three favorite premiums? So, any position. Who would be like the three guys that you would go with? Oh, there's the train. Yeah, yeah good, it's good, like good. literally, I think it, I, I don't know that the tracks maybe go around the house. Like they yeah, just, yeah. We're, we're staying at a, a, a house while we're moving here. So this is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Yeah. Um, so I think Aguero is interesting to me. Um, it's hard with Pep and how much he rotates his players. Um, but he he really performs well, and I think that... All right, the train guy... is in the house. The train is in the house right now. <laughs> he is. <laughs> what is happening? Are you, are you going to be okay? Are you going to be okay? Uh, let's, um, take a, let's take a train break. Let's okay. take a train break. Okay, we are back. Had to take a quick train break because a train drove into the house I'm staying in. That's not good, Jake. Yeah, not good at all. Not good right. for pod recording, but that's all right. So, no. 
Back to so your let, question. Yeah, let's right. get back to it. So, so the question was, who are your, your three fr- favorite premium players? Any position that you would go with? Um, I think in my head, I was thinking this question was kind of like a keeper player, right? Someone that you're going to have for a long period of time. Who are your three favorites? Yeah, um, that well, when you phrase it that way, it makes it a little bit trickier. But I, I do like... I think forward is a spot where you do tend to have to rotate more based on, you know, current form and things. But Aguero is really interesting to me. Um, he plays for a team that gets a ton of goals. He may, at the beginning of the year, have the upfront duties from uh, Jesus, um, who's coming back from the World Cup a little bit later than him, although we don't know if Aguero is going to be back necessarily. But he when he played last year just scored goals and 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 did well he didn't play in a ton of games i think he started in 21 total and played a total of 25 injuries and rotation played a little little bit of a role but he's a very interesting forward to me coming in at the price that he's at i think he's a little bit more reasonable than kane um, and can have big returns in the midfield I do like guys like De Bruyne and Eriksson at their price. Um, very consistent year in and year out. There's no, there's minimal risk to taking those guys. Um, they play almost every game and they get returns. And if you have them, you can't be bringing them in and out based on their performances because they'll have some weeks where they don't don't get big returns like a Sané or a Sterling or a Hazard, but over the course of the whole season, they're going to be in the top five or six. So, Yeah, I completely agree. I, uh, are there any defensive players that would be like must-haves for you? I don't know about must-haves, but interesting guys to keep an eye on for me are uh, Robertson. He... He is now, I guess, what we'd consider premium going up from 5 mil to 6 mil this year in the Liverpool backline. I think Liverpool are going to be good. Uh, Klopp is a great manager. He's brought in pieces that are going to really help the team. And Robertson gets the attacking returns that everybody wants in de- in defenders. Um, I think that guys like Aspilicueta are very consistent year in and through you know, year in and year out. And I currently am strongly considering him on my team, but there's a lot of changes at Chelsea and that makes it harder to be like, yes, for sure. I'm going to have him. Yeah. I think on top of the world cup, on top of players being rested on top of some injuries, we also have some new managers in at Chelsea and Arsenal, two of kind of those big name sides that we'd be looking to pull a lot of these premium players from. And it's making it quite challenging uh, to, to pick players that we know are going to consistently start and we know are going to have opportunities to produce those high returns that we expect from that premium price tag. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting start to the year, no matter how you spin it. So yeah. so before we kind of get into players a little bit more specifically, who would be your three premium players to avoid for now? Uh, I'm definitely avoiding Lukaku. He just doesn't perform at the level that I think he's priced at. I think he's very overpriced. I also think that based on the way Man United play, they just don't score as many goals um, as they as they could. Um, so he's one I would avoid. The midfield, so this is a hard one. Um, Sterling, I think, is just a little bit too overpriced. I don't think he's going to have the same year. They now brought in uh, Mahrez, who's going to also be rotating in and out on that team, and you would expect him to be on Sterling's side. I don't know mm-hmm. what your thoughts on that are, but that's my thought. So. Um, maybe not playing quite as many games either, which is, you know, it's definitely going to impact his returns. So he's someone I would be a little bit more hesitant to pay for. Um, and then defensively, ugh, that's, that's a little bit trickier. Um, I think that we'll have to kind of wait and see. Um, 
I, there's really not anybody that's like a big red flag for me, but Alonzo, I'm being, I'm not going to start with him. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if he's going to get the same attacking returns, and that's really where his his monetary value is in. Yeah, it's six and a half too. It's hard to justify, and Alonzo is a left uh, back at, rather than a left wing back. So yeah, okay. Uh, so here's what we'll do. Then we're just gonna kind of go through the premium bracket uh, one by one. Um, we'll start with goalkeepers at the back. Like I said, we're going to uh, we're gonna start with them five point five plus. Okay, so that's what we'll start with. But before we start, I think I need to ask you some super serious FPL questions. They're super serious. I'm serial. Okay. Are you excited? Are yeah, you excited I'm really for the excited. questions? Okay. I'm good. I'm good. So this was a, a segment idea that was proposed by uh, some friends of the pod. Um, basically, they uh, contacted me and said that they think that anytime I ask you ridiculous FPL questions uh, that you stutter through and have a hard time answering, that that's the best section of the pod. So I said I'd okay. start including more of those questions. Okay, perfect. So Jake and I both went to a wedding this weekend. One of our good friends got married. Jake had to fly across the country, uh, and I had to be in the wedding and, and was the best man and had to give a speech. So I thought that I would ask questions uh, related to that. Jake, first question. Mm -hmm. uh, you're flying across the country to the wedding. Who is the player from FPL that you would least want to sit by on an airplane? Okay, okay. And Peter Crouch is not available anymore? <laughs> I said that last week. You can't okay, okay, pick okay. Peter. God, the leg space would be terrible. You'd um, take up like four seats. Yeah, so ooh, I think that uh, I'm going to go with Lukaku here. I think that, again, leg space would be at uh, a minimum. Is this because um, you're racist? No, no, that's not true. You can't say that on the pod. I am not racist. Okay, that's true. You're not. You're not. I just don't know if we'd have a lot to talk about. And, you know, he's a big guy. I just feel like I'd be really squished whether I was in the middle or the window seats or even the aisle. I guess I'd hope I have the aisle, but. I don't know. Lukaku seems like he's kind of a team player. Yeah, well, then who would you go with? I don't know. I feel like. It would be I would be excited no matter who I sat next to, but I don't know. Like I don't know if I'd have much to talk about. It'd be like, yeah, I'm an Arsenal fan. I really hate you guys. Like <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, I don't know who it would be for me. I I, I don't have to play the game because you're the one that has to answer okay, the hard okay, questions. Okay. okay, next question then. So you get to your wedding. Uh, which FPL player would you ask to be your best man at your wedding? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. And you. You have to, uh, he's going to be giving a speech too, so keep that in mind. Okay. Um, so I think that uh, I would go with Christian Erickson. Yeah. That's the most boring white bread pick you possibly could have made. What? No, I think that he would give a good speech, and I think he'd be like, you know, he'd do a good job. He'd fill his duties as best man all right what would his speech sound like uh i think his speech would sound like you know i mean is this assuming that he's known me for a while or not known me for a well, while? he's your best man jake what do you think okay so i i mean i think we'd talk about like all the good times that we had you know he'd make some jokes that my wife is like you know kind of like coming in at first like you know we weren't real sure about her and oh my I think, god have you, you ever know, given I, a best man speech no, I have. I yeah, haven't you, had to give a best man. Speech, you probably so. shouldn't. You probably yeah. shouldn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So. Uh, also, you've never had Christian Erickson in your FPL team, have you? Uh, no, I had him in my team last year at the beginning of the year, so. but not for long. Not for very long, no. Pretty quick to kick your best man out there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But maybe not this year. This I'll year's a new that, year. I'll keep that in mind. I was so. the best man in your wedding, so I will remember how that's treated. Well, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. If you're not scoring goals, you're not going to be on my FPL team. So You're out. You're out. <laughs> okay. All right, let's let's uh, let's get back to business. Business, 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 business. Uh, let's start with goalkeepers. So there's only a few goalkeepers in this price bracket. Um, we have De Gea, Ederson. Uh, we've got Loris and Courtois. 
And I believe that is it. So 5.5 and up. So De Gea, Ederson, uh, Loris, and Courtois. So I guess the main question just is, is De Gea worth the price tag at 6.0? Yeah, difficult question. I do think he, you know, if Man United doesn't start in absolute shambles, I think he can if, be. If, yeah, if, if is if. the big key word there. Uh, I think he can be worth that price tag, but again, I don't think you're going to help yourself because you're spending either one, well, half, one, or one and a half mil more. Um, you know, his level to exceed his points last year, it's it's possible like he'll maybe get a few more, but I don't think he'll be exponentially better. And I just think there's better options personally, but that's my take on it. So. Yeah, one, one thing popped into my head recently. So United finished with 18 clean sheets last year, which I believe led the league. Is that correct? Yes. Or okay. was it one short of Man City? It was... Uh, City had 16 last year. Okay, okay. So so, yeah. so United led the league in clean sheets last year. Uh, that said, just to give you a little comparison, De Gea last year had 115 saves on the season, and Ederson had 58 saves. That's a pretty stark difference, right? Uh, over 50 saves difference. Um, and one thing that's really interesting, and you said this, you said, if United does not start in shambles, I think it's when United start in shambles because they have injuries. Uh, their preseason has been rough. They have tons of World Cup players out. I think to get De Gea is going to face far more shots to start the season uh, than he even did last year. So throwing this out there, is there a chance that he's actually going to be better at the beginning of the season because their team is going to be under more pressure. Yeah, it's funny. Like, as you were explaining that, I'm like, well, he would actually get more save points. Right. And, yeah, it's it's so hard with goalkeepers. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I just don't... Yeah, it's not wrong to have him on your team. I, I just think there's better options this year, and we'll see as the preseason plays out. But, you know, like, is a, is a heat, you know, Heaton going to be, you know, playing for a team that also gets a fair amount of clean sheets, also is going to get shot on a lot, and is one mil less? Like, I guess the question is, what can you do with that other one mil? And to me, having a guy like Christian Erickson rather than David Silva is going to be a big thing. So, yeah. one, one thing I'd actually like to legitimately look at and I, I haven't seen any articles or stats on this, is what is $1 million worth to a manager in points? Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? So, like, could you could we somehow do an analysis where we'd see uh, what you need to get out of that $1 mil? So the difference between, between, let's say, Pope at Burnley last year, who scored 152 points, and De Gea scored 172, so a difference of 20 points. Uh, now, Pope is not going to play to start the season, but just for sake of argument, the difference of 20 points and the difference of 1 million is 20 points equal to 1 million. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good thing. I guess we're going to have to call Nick again to have yeah. him do this. So Bring him in. Uh, so the other guys are Ederson, uh, Loris, and Courtois. I would never touch Loris. He's one of my least favorite goalkeepers in the entire world. Just super error prone and Tottenham don't face enough shots. Uh, Ederson's interesting. A lot of managers are, are going with him. Um, you know what they say, you go with the clean sheets first. I think that that's fair with Ederson. The downer about that is that he's not going to get hardly any uh, any save points. He did finish the season with 10 bonus last year, um, which is the same as De Gea. Uh, I think that was because he saved one or two, a couple penalties like throughout the year. Ederson's a decent yes. penalty saver. So that's where he got his big points. The hard thing about that is you can't really rely on those. I would not go with Ederson. That's just me. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm staying away from the premium goalkeeper brackets. I'm like not even considering it this year. And if, you know, like Schmeichel doesn't go to Chelsea or I don't want to start with Heaton, I'm still going to just start with 4.5 goalkeepers and have to change them to the one that's doing the best if if I need to. So that's yeah. just my take on goalkeepers, but. Okay. All right. Let's jump to defenders. Uh, we have a lot of players kind of in this category. We're going to say six and up. Uh, so six or 6.5 defenders. Um, we already talked a little bit about Aspilicueta. Um, I think we're both on 
you know, the same boat with him that he's going to either play center back or right back for Chelsea. Uh, he's a, a bonus point magnet. He scores tons of bonus. Uh, last year he finished on 25, which is a lot. Um, and he will be a consistent player uh, in terms of minutes week in and week out. Also, we think that Chelsea defense is going to be pretty decent once it settles. Yeah, I mean, he's just had a good year last year, a good year this year. He's just he just is solid and there's if you're going to pay that much, he's a he's a good choice. Um I do think also interestingly in the back and we'll see what your take is on it in the 6.5 range. I think people are forgetting that uh, Otamendi is a good choice. He plays for another team that I mean, they possess the ball so much. Um, he completes a lot of passes. They don't really get scored on because the other team never has the ball. Um, I, I think that he's a solid 6.5 center back option, and he also has goal potential as well. And he's not as owned as, as much as I thought he would be this early in the season, where like Alonzo still owned, I think, twi- almost twice as much as him. Yeah, Otamendi's at 9%, and Alonzo's at what? Uh, yeah, uh, 17%. Almost 17, yeah. yeah. So. All right. Um, yeah, Otamendi, four goals last year. That's pretty impressive. I didn't realize he had scored four. That's pretty good. Um, my only concern with Otamendi would be, like, Stone's company. Depends, are they going to do a three-back? Are they going to do a two-back center-back system? I, I don't really know. Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a fair point. So that will be tricky to determine if he goes back to a thrive three five two or whatever. So yeah, yeah. Also Laporte over there. Uh, so there's a lot of competition for that position. Although Otamendi has relatively fresh legs, he should start the season. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, let's just kind of keep going down the list. So we've got we've already talked about Alonso. Uh, you know, stay away. He potentially has some competition at left back, and furthermore, uh, that left back position is not probably worth that 6.5 although it's interesting because we for some reason think Aspilicueta is worth 6.5 but not Alonso I guess it's the concern about rotation right yeah rotation I think the bonus points too I mean I think if Alonso doesn't score goals he's not going to get bonus points but yeah good point uh okay so let's talk a little bit about Man United then we've got a couple players from from them uh Smalling and Valencia both in that six for Smalling and six and a half for Valencia um, now, Smalling was an interesting player last year. I'd like to kind of start with him. He scored four goals. Uh, he played 2,500 minutes and was part of 11 clean sheets last year. Uh, didn't score a ton of bonus points. He only finished on nine, which I'm a little bit surprised by. Um, you know, he's going to be coming back from World Cup. He's got a little bit of a knock. Uh, but a lot of people think he's the starter there. Yeah, he seems like the one center back that's nailed on. So if he gets healthy, I think he is a good price. Um, I don't know if he'll get those goals again. I I would have to evaluate his chances. Like, was it just kind of like luck that he ended up getting those Mm -hmm. goals? But um, he's definitely someone to consider at half a mil cheaper on a team that Again, defensively, that's all Mo cares about, it seems. so. Yeah, likes to pack it in. I mean, I, I would not touch Valencia. I, I don't really understand. I mean, besides him having a little knock right now, a little well, might be a little more than a little knock. Definitely has an injury. But uh, I, I wouldn't touch him. I don't understand like where it comes from that he's an attacking player. Uh, if you look at his like kind of record as a goal scorer or a sister in terms of attacking returns, Three goals and an assist this last season. One goal, three assists the season before. Uh, three assists the season before that. I mean, he hasn't had a good season where he produced produced consistent re- attacking returns since 2011-2012. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. He doesn't have like a lot of upside, um, so I, I don't see it as much. I I am more interested in a guy like. Walker, Mendy, even someone like Victor Moses this year who may play in the midfield, um, something to keep like an eye on with with a new manager. Like those guys are all more interesting to me. So. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. The issue with a guy like Walker, though, and we've talked about this, is the World Cup coming back from that. Even Vertonghen is like that as well. So we kind of have some issue with a lot of our premiums trying to decide if they should come in or not. Well, which is all the more reason why I talked about Robertson as your guy to start with. 
right? Yeah. So, I mean, he's six mil. He's going to get attacking returns. He plays for a good team that looks like they're, you know, they're doing well in preseason. Not that that's everything. I, yeah, I'm always amazed when people like, you know, grab everybody who scores in preseason, puts them all into their team. But, you know, so. Yeah. Okay. I like that. How about uh, since we're on the topic of Liverpool, uh, what about Van Dyke? Yeah, not a bad choice. I I think if you, I think you need to have one Liverpool defender, and I think if you don't want Robertson, Van Dyke's the choice. I think Robertson's the way to go because he seems like he's more likely to get attacking returns, like more assists, um, playing balls in from the wing, and I think he's one of the few wing backs that actually, or outside backs that actually like makes his crosses count. Um, but Van Dyke, I mean, he's got to score goals at some point, right? He scored one in preseason last year. He just seemed unlucky not to score for them. Ah, gambler's fallacy. Yeah. Uh, is there a chance Alberto Moreno, though, can take minutes from uh, Robertson? I mean, Moreno played most of the start of the season last year, um, then kind of got bumped from the side after an injury actually allowed Robertson to get into the team. And then Robertson filled that role that they had always expected him to fill. Uh, for the remainder of the season yeah I don't know I mean that's a good question Robertson just always seemed better last year like watching both those guys play watching every Liverpool game I'd be like why isn't Robertson starting and I guess I'm assuming that like Klopp doesn't go backwards and and play Moreno more than he should like maybe just give Robertson a rest when he needs it but it's it is a good question so okay but, but like of all the wingbacks, though, like who is the most nailed to you at the like the beginning of the year? Like, that's... yeah, Robertson. Yeah. yeah so yeah, fair enough. Okay, let's jump into the the midfield. Um, so in the midfield, we're saying, you know, we're saying premiums are eight point five. I know a lot of people you, would say you didn't want to touch on any Spurs defenders. No. Yeah, I, I don't think you know, there's no point. There, there's, there's no point. I mean, Davies, I guess, is the only player, right? That you'd maybe have uh, the other guys. There's a, a chance for. You could consider Arier maybe to start the season. Uh, no. Okay. All right. Never mind. Never mind. All no. Right. Davey's the only guy. Don't look at okay. anybody else. Okay. All right. Midfielders. Let's do it. I want to get into midfielders quick. So we don't need to talk about Salah, right? Um, we've already spoke about Sterling, um, and and we've talked a little bit about De Bruyne. I guess that's where I'd like to pick up. Um, we obviously know that the Man City. Uh, midfield is going to be really hard to guess like who's playing in there the depth is crazy they're like too deep at every position outside of these premiums that we talk about there's other players that are going to be rotated in as well um, but let's pick up with De Bruyne I I know that he had a long world cup he's not going to be probably starting the first game week of the season uh, but he'll be in and around the team probably game week two three somewhere in there um, consistent Mr. Steady Eddie Kevin De Bruyne yeah I mean that's all he is well not all he is but like that that's him like in a nutshell so again at like 10 mil he's a very solid pick if you want to like start the season or like not start the season but if you want to have a guy that you don't have to worry about like a set and a forget option like he's a he's a good one to go with i there's there's not much else to say like i i like a player like that yeah um and then he's in that price range that you could go up if you needed to like if all of a sudden you decided for some stupid reason you want hazard maybe i don't know Um, don't don't do that to yourself or if you wanted to go down in price to like an ericsson or a sane or a or a mane even I, i don't know but like i yeah the only thing that's hard is again the world cup for me so you're not going to start with him but you should be prepared to bring him into your team shortly after yeah i think maybe instead of brian you you go with your boy your best man christian erickson yeah Uh, best man yeah he's at 9.5 this year um i mean every year he scores you know around 200 points so 199 this last year 218 the year before that 178 the year before that he's really consistent he's going to score high hundreds low 200s every single season He's not going to probably go crazy for you and get 250. Uh, but I do think that he'll he'll be around 200 again this year. He, he just does a little bit of everything on the pitch. So he, I would say, if you're looking for a set and forget other than Salah, that would be the player I would look to. Yeah, here's my question for you, and it's a tougher question to answer. But 
if you're not going to go with Erickson to start and you want to try to hit it big on a Man City winger that's going to start the season and be playing more, whether it be whoever, because of World Cup rest with right. Sterling and De Bruyne, who do you go with? Yeah. Well, I know this is kind of mean, but Mahrez getting hurt probably helps this a lot. So he picked up a little ankle injury, I believe, a couple days ago. And uh, so so to me, now Sané and and whoever else are going to be your pick. So Sané is definitely on my side. Silva, David, the Anaconda, uh, is currently in my side, but I'm not exactly sure what's going on with him in training. I don't think he was with the team this last week. I think he was supposed to join up this week, though. So I'm not 100% sure what's going on there. Um, I mean, Bernardo Silva I'm looking at, he's not in our premium bracket, but we'll see. I, I think we're going to need to wait another week here before we pick that other player. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, let's keep moving here. Let's talk about the, uh, Tottenham ass, uh, assets. So we've got a son and Ali outside of Erickson, who we already mentioned, uh, that are both in that price range, son at nine or 8.5 Ali at nine. Um, Sun produced 178 points last year, and Ali produced 175. So the issue with Sun, as we've already mentioned, is he's doing the whole Asia Games thing. Um, by the way, did you know he's doing that to, like, avoid military service? Yes, I did. I, I read that article and thought that was very interesting to me. Yeah, that is awesome. I wish that we had... I wish every country had rules like that. Like, yeah. if you don't perform well enough, you have to be in the military. Or if you don't perform well enough... Um, I don't know. Maybe they just start taking fingers, you know? Oh, God. Okay. Uh, that might be frowned upon. Um, I, would be a, I would be a great dictator. In I a democratic society. I, I don't know if that's something we should be talking about, but yeah. Okay. So. Well, I'd be a good dictator. Just letting you know that. Uh, do either of them interest you? Neither of them interest me because they're not going to be ready to start the season, but yeah. I guess later, I guess later in the season. Yeah. Same, same story uh later in the season let's see uh actually like spurs too they kind of of the six sides i they feel like they have a really rough start mm-hmm. so i would just stay away from them and then consider them later so i guess we don't really need to talk about them too much more yeah so. i i love sun as a player i hate ali as a player although ali has a sex tape so i respect him more but um sun i love as a player and will probably have him in my team at some point in the year yeah 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 Okay. Uh, where do you want to go from here? Do you want to talk about Mane, or do you want to talk about my my boy uh, from Arsenal? Uh, let's do Mane then. Um, okay. <laughs> so Mane had a bunch of injuries last year. Um, he's priced at nine point five this year. I actually thought they were maybe going to bump him down a little bit, like maybe make him nine. Uh, I feel like at nine, I know that's only a half point, but I think he would have been in a lot more teams. He's currently in thirteen point four percent. 147 points last year in about 2200 minutes which is solid i think he got that 9.5 price tag because liverpool is going to and did score so many goals yeah no i agree about the price they they didn't price their defense very well but they did decide to keep the price high for the attackers um yeah which seems unfair but whatever uh but interesting thing to note for me for him i i'm not a big fan like you know, like what you're saying about Ali. I don't like watching Mane play as much. I feel like he ruins like Liverpool attacks, although he <laughs> scores some pretty spectacular goals all of a sudden. He just takes lots of shots and tends to miss a lot. Um, yeah. Like bonus points aren't going to be that high for him. Not that they're high for Salah either, but Salah's just such a more consistent player. Um, but he has now taken, I think, two penalty kicks. Um in preseason for them he yeah just took the last one so that's something to consider um since we don't really know who's going to be taking them for liverpool if it is Mane, it's a little bit more reasonable to pay 9.5 for him yeah uh yeah you're right he, he did only get eight bonus points uh on the season this last year which was pretty incredible um oh my god look a dump truck just drove by what is going on okay um Anyways, I don't like Mane really. Um, I heard a lot of managers kind of arguing that maybe you you provide this like 
yourself with an advantage because you have everyone has Salah, and then you pick up Mane, and you're really going to boost that Liverpool attack. Kind of the argument was being made that because everybody has Salah, no one benefits from him. So then, where is your where where do you get your points from Liverpool? Yeah. I thought that was kind of an interesting idea, and a lot of people were actually arguing that Mane could be actually a better pick than Firmino because Mane maybe has the potential for really high points outcomes, whereas Firmino does not. I don't I don't completely disagree with that. He's someone that I I won't say I, he's a complete no, but I don't think I'm going to start with two you know because then you're not going to have anybody else in that price range probably for your midfield maybe if you really make your team unbalanced you'll have another 9.5 but i think there's you know there's more to be said to have like a winger like sane for man city who also has a great start to the season and also that team will be scoring a lot of goals i just see that he'll a player like sane will do do just as well if not He'll do better. He'll have more chances um, because he doesn't have a player next to him taking all those chances like Salah. So, yeah. okay. So I think the last two guys in this price bracket are Hazard and Sanchez. Is that right? Yeah, unless you want to talk about my boy from Arsenal. So, what, what boy are you talking about? You know, you know. Come on, he's he's in this price bracket. You decided eight point five was the cutoff. Oh, Ozil. Yes, you're Turkish. Turkish female, your Turkish female. You mean your little girl? No. He looks like a woman. Let's just be honest. Come on. He, we should talk about him. Okay, we'll talk about him. No, I think we should talk about him. I forgot that we we had gone all the way down to eight five. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's do Hazard Sanchez, and then we can talk about your girl. Okay. Um. So, I don't know Hazard Sanchez. This is interesting. So Hazard, um, probably not going to start the season. Chance that he could get shipped. Probably one of my least favorite FPL players. Uh, finished with 173 points last year. Um, completes a lot of dribbles, so he gets a decent amount of bonus points. Finished on 24 last year. Uh, I'm not even looking at him. I, I think that he could be dangerous eventually in that Chelsea side, uh, but I'm, I'm just not really interested. Yeah, I think we need to know more. I think that's the sentence I would use. Yeah. Um, so we just have to wait and see, like, is he staying and where is he going to play in that new formation? But he intrigues me a little bit. It's always very hard with him because he costs so much and you never know when to captain him, but he's, he's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sanchez thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to stay away from him and avoid him like the plague. I guess he should have been one of my three to avoid too. Maybe. Yeah. I'm just not interested. United doesn't score enough. Um, that said, there is a chance that he could start up front this year to start the season if Martial's not around. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm just not interested. I, I think United have too many troubles right now, and I don't see him scoring lots of goals this year. Uh, but I, I, he's one player that I get nervous about. Like I feel like if one player could prove me wrong and then show up in my house with his two golden retrievers to eat my heart, it would be Sanchez. Yeah, definitely. I don't think a golden retriever would ever do that as a veterinarian. I'm just I'm just saying. Uh, if Sanchez trained them to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, know. we can't forget that the one year he scored like 260-something points. Yeah, two it years was ago. He was outrageous. He was a striker with Arsenal. So. Yeah, 264, 32 bonus. I mean, yeah, that was crazy. He had a... Uh, Jesus, he had 24 goals that year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. That's incredible, yeah, from a midfield. 24 and 11. He finished on. It's great. Uh, yeah, so I'm a little nervous about him, but um, I'm just going to act like I know everything and that I don't like him. All right, let's talk about your girl. Yeah. So, interesting price, you know, for a player that creates so many chances and yeah. plays for a team that's going to score a lot of goals. So I agree, and he's going to play in that attacking midfield role most likely. Um, yeah, 8.5 is nothing. Uh, that said, his best season for Arsenal was 15-16. He scored, uh, he scored 200 points that year. So, you know, la- uh, two years ago he scored 167, and last year he scored 112. Now, I know last year was a down year, but it's not like he's ever really had an outrageous FPL season. I mean, 200 is very good, but he's never had like a crazy season, and there's not been any consistency. Yeah, that's true. I think I think last year was a little bit of an aberration, though. I think he's going to be more, again, in that like 160 to 200 price. And I think with their fixtures at the 
the start of the season. Again, like they play two tough games, but then after that, they have a very good schedule. So I, you know, he's just someone to consider as a differential. Like the fact that he's everyone's owning Mkhitaryan right now on who will play on the right wing most likely. Good, good option. But I do think the interesting thing about Ozil is that he'll more likely play the eighty to ninety minutes, where like. Mickey seems to get subbed off no matter where he plays, like whether it's for Man United or for Arsenal around like the 60, 70th minute more frequently. So as a differential, I don't think he's like a a bad choice. There's no like, you know, now that Arsenal's his safe safe haven away from the German team, you know, he could he could do well to start the year. Yeah. Yeah, you're not interested. Not that I'm not interested. I just why wouldn't you just go with like Mickey or Ramsey and get basically the same number of points? Well, I well, I mean, I just don't think like necessarily that those guys are going to be that much better. But like just as a differential, I think he's someone that you could shout. Like everyone's going to own Mickey at the beginning of the year. It's amazing to me that that I mean, I guess he could score against Man City and then maybe Chelsea, but. I don't want to start with Mickey because I feel like, yes, the new price rules, like he's not going to drop a ton of a ton of money, but I can see him not scoring in those first two games go down in price. You know, then I guess you can go to him. But if you're going to start with someone, maybe consider Ozil. So, yeah. All right, let's do forwards. I have to like go to work at some point this morning. So, nah. Yeah, I do. Not all of us get to just be on vacation our entire lives, Jake. All right, all right, all right. All right. Uh, let's talk forwards here. So, obviously, the big forward name most years, at least, is Kane. Uh, finished on 217 points last year. It's interesting because it was treated as though he had a bad year last year uh, when he actually tied his second highest, or it was his highest goal scoring total at 29 goals. Um, you know, he's okay for bonus. He normally finishes pretty consistent, actually, 32, 33, 33, 31 in the last four years for bonus points. So pretty normal for Kane. He's also a steady scorer. Price super high though this year at 12.5. Uh, I just don't see the value. Yeah, I think that's what's hard is they keep increasing this price. And now with a guy like Sala, like if Sala wasn't there, I mean... In, it would be interesting how many more people would own Kane because yeah. of captaining potential. But yeah, I'm staying away from him at the beginning of the year for sure. He's probably someone I'll own at some point, but there's only so, there's only so much he can do. I wish they'd stop increasing his price. I think 12 mil would have been a fair price for him. But, I agree. But, it also uh, would have encouraged some managers, I think, to try to get him and Salah into the squad. But I know that it's, again, only a half point, but I think a lot of managers just looked away immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got, like, a couple other players that are interesting here. I guess let's start with your boys over at Arsenal. Um, Obama, um, Aubameyang and uh, Lacazette. Um, at 11, 9.5, interesting players this year. Lacazette didn't play, like, a ton of minutes last year. Well, he played 2,200 minutes, which is pretty average. Um but he scored 14 goals, five assists in a team that was not great last year. I think he could have a good year. Yeah, I don't know why Wenger wrote him off last year. I think he plays well. He links up with multiple players. He provides not only goal scoring but assist potential. Um, I, man, I'm I'm strongly considering not right off the bat, but having three Arsenal players and. And I think the attackers are where you're going to get the most returns. Um, so he's a really interesting price for me because it is hard to have that 11 mil forward. I think Obama man's a very good choice as well. And he's definitely an option, but Lacazette's going to be leading the line. So yeah, Obama, I, I had in my squad initially and I actually have switched basically to Lacazette. I think you're going to get about the same for a lot less money. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, we've already talked in some previous pods about Aguero, the whole Aguero Jesus thing. You said you like Aguero. Um, he was actually supposed to be starting practice today. I think today's his first day. So they train this week. I think they have the community shield match this weekend. Is that correct? 
is it already this weekend? Holy cow. This yeah, coming, I guess. Yeah, yeah yes, this it coming is, weekend. So. Then they have one more week of training, and then they get into game week one. So, I mean, he should be good. He had a, he had the World Cup where he was training. He didn't play a ton of minutes. Uh, he then had a, a couple weeks off, and now he's kind of getting back into training. Uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Uh, not really anyone's Savior, let's just be honest, in the FPL world. Uh, or but, in the World Cup world. Yeah, just he he's uh was not great. Um and he he's priced at ten point five this year. You know, it seems like Pep is very intent on rotating the two of them at least to some extent, but uh Jesus should be out at least the first couple weeks. He needs some recovery time. He played a lot of minutes in the World Cup. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's why I mean if you especially if you don't go Sala um and you don't start with Kane which I don't think you should with everything going on but like mm-hmm. Aguero is the guy I would have that I'm going to be for sure captaining then you know mm-hmm. like so he's not he's not someone to completely write right off and be I, I just would I would consider him so yeah. um and even if you do have Salah he's not another he's not a bad option so okay uh, we've talked a little bit about Lukaku. He'll be coming back a little late, so um, probably not going to be in your game week one squads. Uh, so probably a wait and see. I think a player that's two players that I'd like to kind of just talk about that are really close in price are Vardy and Firmino. Um, Vardy at nine, Firmino at nine point five. I think a lot of managers are kind of picking between those two players. Vardy's at about ten percent ownership. Firmino's at really high ownership. He's at thirty six percent. Um, you know, some people I think see Firmino as that way to differ, to provide a differential when Salah's scoring goals. Uh, so thoughts on either of those players? Yeah, it's hard to provide a differential when almost, you know, over one third of FPL owns him, but, um, Vardy's hard for me. Uh, they don't, I don't, I guess you never know like who he's going to score against because of like the way they play and they do. You know, it's they do have some easy games mixed in with some more difficult games in the beginning of the year. Um, they score a lot of goals. Their defense is terrible. But like, how much is he going to suffer from the loss of Mahrez? Um, I don't think anyone can answer that. So, is it wrong to have him on your team? No. Are you taking a bigger risk? Yes. Are you yeah. willing to risk it? Sure, if you want to. I don't know if I would right off the beginning because I do think Lacazette is a similar price player. Firmino is a similar price player, and they're a little bit more sure. But if you want him as a differential, I think there's a lot worse choices you could go with. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, no, I completely agree. And I personally would not take that risk. At the start of the season. Yeah. But they do, I mean, besides playing Man United and Liverpool, they do have some good games. So he's not a terrible option, but you just never know, like, when they're going to actually score. They were so bad in, like, streaks last year. I I don't know. No. The the last player, actually, in the forward category that falls into this list and this price point is uh, Murata who, yeah. it's interesting, a lot of people are starting to kind of look at him or talk about him a little bit. If he stays with Chelsea, and if he's found to be that central striker in that 4-3-3, he'll certainly be getting service from the wings, and Chelsea will probably score goals. They have good players. Yeah, you're not going to like this analysis, but I'm going to say it anyways. I feel like the eye of Sauron, and I feel like you know Chelsea's like Frodo, and I'm just like keeping my eye on them, you know. Oh, okay, so I'll give you a different a different one. Okay. Different uh, kind of metaphor or, or analogy. Analogy, not a metaphor. Analogy, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're like a creepy guy with a mustache and a white van, <laughs> and Murata's like a little boy on a bicycle. Yeah, yeah, that would be the other way to say it, but like. Both good analogies, right? Like, I'm just keeping an eye on it. Like, it seems like FPL decided, hey, no one owned Arsenal or Chelsea players yeah. last year because they sucked. So let's drop the prices and make it more interesting and see what happens. So. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Okay. Well, 
I guess that's that. That's all of the, the players kind of like in those price ranges. Um, you have anything else to add, Jake? No, I don't think so. I think that was, you know, we covered a fair amount, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll kind of like wrap things up here. I, uh, uh, we'd add some more, but we're going to be coming out with another pod later this week and we wanted to keep this short and it's actually longer than most of our pods, but that's okay. Uh, we've covered a lot of good stuff and, um, and I think hopefully it'll help some managers sort out the types of premium players they might be interested in. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at FPL Dive. Instagram, we have the Art of the Dive is the name. Uh, we've got some real hot pics of Jake on there, so definitely check that out. Um, online, theartofthedive.wordpress.com. Um, on there, we have been posting a few articles. I think we've posted two articles this season already, and we'll have another one coming out probably this week or early next week. Um, so check that out. Um, you can email us, like Jay did, um, theartofthedive at gmail.com. It's a great way to get in touch with us. Otherwise, Twitter's always good. Throw in some DMs, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then remember, download our pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. It's really nice if you can subscribe, because um, then you'll remember to listen to our awesome, sexy voices. Uh, anything to add there, Jake? Nope, not much to add. <laughs> Classic Jake. Thanks for listening to The Art of the Dive. I'm Marco. And I'm Jake. What are you supposed to say, Jake? Let's dive.